Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened stronger today, tracking overnight gains on global markets. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 1.3% to 3,144 points after some 85 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Market. Now, numbers on the SJX are still firming up, but here's what we are looking at on our screens. The Straits Times Index up 0.71%, looking at 3,126 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.36 billion. Now, gainers outnumbered losers, 426 versus 234. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, UOB, OCBC, Gunting Singapore and Singtel. Heavily traded securities included Seatrim, Genting Singapore and Rex International. Now in terms of companies to watch, we do have palm oil company Golden Agri Resources posting their a 25% decline in net profit for the third quarter and September from a year ago period. Now elsewhere from more on US inflation cooling less than expected to Japan's GDP contracting on the back of falling business spending and higher imports. More international headlines remain in focus. And joining me on the line is Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. Jeff, welcome. Hi, good evening. Good evening. And uh, Jeff, before we get started, let's talk a little bit more about US inflation cooling more than expected. I believe the CPI out of the US increased by 3.2% uh, year on year in October, which is down from 3.7% in September. How has that boosted Wall Street and how has that filtered through to Singapore today? I think if we look at uh, the overnight developments, we have seen the uh, U.S. stocks increasing by around uh, 2% overall. I think you can see depending on which uh, index uh, that you are looking at. Mm. Um, overall, uh, we look at the inflation numbers, both the headline and the inflation numbers that were excluding the food and energy. Uh, they increased by about 0.1 percentage lesser. So I think uh, markets were, were kind of uh, buoyed by the result because it's showing that uh, perhaps after one year of, or even more of uh, resilience in the U.S. economy, uh, we are starting to see uh, that the U.S. economy is uh, finally showing some signs of uh, cooling uh, because we are taking that result uh, overnight in context also with uh, the non-farm payrolls uh, number uh, last uh, out last uh, Friday as well. Mm. Uh, sorry, two Fridays ago, I think, to, to uh, illustrate that uh, the labor market uh, has been very tight. The price pressures may be uh, quite uh, resilient uh, and sticky, but uh, they are at least showing some signs that uh, they are showing uh, slowing down, like for example, the shelter prices coming off, and then at the same time, uh, some of the sort of like core services uh, prices are also set to moderate further in the coming uh, few months. I think um, moving to to Singapore's uh, sentiment, I think uh, that's also been uh, quite a positive uh, signal for some of the Singapore stocks, perhaps uh, especially those. Uh, that are more interest uh, rate sensitive. So mm. the, the REITs uh, have uh, seen some uh, sort of like gains uh, from uh, this uh, sort of uh, uh, improvements in terms of the expectations of the, the US interest rate. So we perhaps no longer are going to be very high for very long. Uh, perhaps uh, we are starting to see the end of uh, peak rates and starting to moderate uh, a bit going for, uh, uh, ahead into 2024. So yeah, some, some of the REITs 
uh, have uh, generally benefited and uh, this has filtered through to the broader FPI move today. Mm. And let's take a look at some companies or, or firms to watch within Singapore, right, uh, Jeff? We do see several commodities-related firms making headlines, uh, in particular palm oil company Golden Agri Resources, 25% decline in third quarter net profit uh, to 68 million US dollars from the year ago period. If we look at chocolate confectionery company Delphi, also reported 6.3% drop in EBITDA uh, to 12.9 million US dollars in the third quarter. Any trends we can pick up from here, or are these developments generally company specific? Thanks for that. I think looking from a uh, macro strategy angle and in terms of the, the overall uh, sort of angle, I think what we are watching for in terms of uh, commodities is on the, the, the price effects uh, that may have uh, on uh, this uh, sector as well as on the individual uh, companies uh, as well. I think what we are seeing is that uh, the sort of like commodity prices are overall still maintain uh, fairly range-bound over the past uh, few, few months. Uh, for example, the palm oil prices, in fact, slightly retreated after picking in uh, July. So uh, perhaps there could have been uh, some uh, price effects uh, that have uh, caused uh, some uh, uh, sort of like uh, distortion in some, uh, in some of these uh, companies' uh, profits. Mm. I think what we are watching out for going forward uh, into uh, the first half of next year is that there could be some uh, reflationary pressures because commodity mm. prices were quite down uh, in the first half of yeah. uh, 2023 and then uh, I think likely to be slightly higher next year. So that could uh, help to boost uh, some of the sector's outlook uh, as we head into the first half of uh, 2024. Mm. And taking a look at what's happening in the region, Jeff, Japan's GDP contracted at an annualised pace of 2.1% in Q3, largely on the back of falling business spending and higher imports that dragged on the economy. Now, how far is this driven by the weak yen? Yeah, I think looking at it, uh, there's been uh, some impact because uh, when uh, the yen is weak, uh, when you buy goods and services uh, from abroad, uh, it's uh, uh, at, a, at a cost. So uh, the, the goods abroad become more expensive. I think that's also a, a, a sort of a factor driving some of the uh, sluggish uh, private consumption. And we saw that, like for instance, uh, the net imports contribution to economic growth uh, was uh, down due to this uh, terms of uh, trade distortion as well, despite I think uh, both exports and imports are uh, seeing some uh, positivity. Uh, at the same time, I think there's also some other reasons, uh, like the corporate investments, I think they weren't uh, doing uh, too well. Uh, but I think we also got to take into context that uh, Japan's uh, economic growth uh, has been relatively strong over the past uh, one or two years yeah. uh, as it recovered from the pandemic. So this could be a, a blip after uh, the, the recovery. And I think we also see in recent news that uh, the October uh, tourism, in fact, surpassed pre-COVID levels as well. So I think going forward, uh, the the yen may also be some of uh, somewhat uh, slight positive for the for the uh, Japan economy as it brings about more uh, tourism to the sector. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Jeff Ng, head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC, and also today, Jeff, China's economic data, specifically industrial output and retail sales, uh, they came in better than expected for the month of October. What do you make of it, especially with the PBOC, I believe, injecting the largest sum of cash in nearly seven years into the banking system? What's the impact on the UN then? Yeah, I think it does help in terms of uh, some support uh, to the uh, yuan, because uh, so far what we are seeing is that uh, the yuan has been trading uh, close to the weekend uh, of the official PBOC uh, CNY uh, trading range, uh, 
uh, at uh, the dollar CNH of around uh, 7.32 and, and above uh, over the past uh, one, one month, but now it has come off to around uh, 7.25, 7.26. Uh, I think overall, uh, what we saw in terms of the positives were that the retail sales uh, was uh, better than expected, even while I think there were still some more mixed uh, results from industrial production uh, and also uh, from the fixed asset investment, which uh, in fact slowed down by more than uh, what the, the, the previous months uh, had entailed. So the, the recovery is still relatively mixed, uh, but I think official support is uh, reducing the tail risk to the China economy. And I think uh, going forward uh, with uh, some dollar weakness uh, from uh, the softer than expected uh, U.S. data, I think that should help to support the yuan going forward. And I think that should also be a boon to some of the other Asian currencies as well, given that uh, when the China economy recovers, the export growth outlook in Asia will also be improving. So that will help to improve some of the Asia currency outlook. Right. And before we let you go, Jeff, uh, let's talk a little bit more about AI, right? NVIDIA shares extending gains for a 10th consecutive session on pace for the longest streak of advances since December 2016. And this really comes as the company announced updates to its AI processes. Now, I know you don't really comment on specific firms, but more generally looking at AI, how far do you think that will continue to be the main driver for stocks for the rest of this year? Well, I think, of course, when uh, these technologies uh, continue to uh, impact on uh, the, the global economy and global financial markets, I think they continue to be uh, a, a driver going forward. I think what we are anticipating is that uh, some of these trends like AI will continue to help to improve on uh, productivity rates and also help to uh, boost uh, some of the sort of like profitability and, and potential in terms of uh, uh, some of these uh, tech companies as well. And then turning to tech, I think given that uh, a lot of the uh, sector was uh, bettered by the high in interest rate uh, outlook uh, and having what we've uh, discussed about previously on the interest rate outlook possibly peaking and uh, with market expectations now pivoting towards uh, perhaps uh, the Fed looking towards uh, cutting sometime in uh, 2024. Mm. I think it's of uh, welcome news to tech as well because when you, whenever you make investments uh, in tech, for, instance, for example, you are having some opportunity costs and this comes at the, the high interest rates. So when the, the opportunity costs and the interest rates start to dip, I think that is also a boon to the tech sector and I think that will help to support uh, some of the uh, investment uh, growth outlook going forward into 2024. Right, I guess a lot of moving parts for now as well. Thanks a lot, Jeff. That was Jeff Ng, Head of Asia Macro Strategy at SMBC. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.